Welcome to The Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast brought to you by Addictive Archery, with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Siegel. So you might as well re-reintroduce yourself since tech technology beat the snot out of us. All right, that works for me. I would like it to be known we remembered twice to do introductions. <laughs> yeah, Greg. And and hit record. <laughs> I think we're recording. Wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're recording. We're recording. We're good. <laughs> Sweet. All right, who are you? <laughs> who am I? <laughs> um, Blaine Swanson. I'm from Minnesota. Just a uh, another dumb redneck who likes shooting stuff with a stick bow. So that is I a love. wonderful description. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that goes for like that could cover a lot of people, but I I don't I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people who don't know you, who you are because like I said earlier you're you're pretty darn active on the internets and whatnot and and all the Facebook groups and stuff and 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 like I said we we you and I've been I know you guys you Schaefer you guys have done some podcasts together and and I've been talking to you for a while but never in person so we're finally doing that so that's kind of cool yeah um, yeah absolutely Heck yeah. We just this is kind of that that moment like you were talking about where we're all in a dark room and we can't see each other. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we tried recording this for about we we actually got a really good hunting story out of you and and the the technology was just failing. So we're gonna try this again. But uh, you I we, you uh, you had some some grinders of some of of a couple seasons there. Absolutely. You had a killer season this year. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I guess we can start off in, in 2021 was your last... No, 2020. We were talking 2020. 2020, 2020 was your last um, yep. successful year? Yep, yep. Awesome. Let's let's start off with that. Let's hear that. Uh, ground Zero 2020. Yeah, Ground Zero 2020. Now, we don't, we don't uh, have to go all the way back, Blaine, but 2020... When was your... F- we'll cover the first traditional, you know, kill later. But what's yeah. the time frame from... Starting in traditional to the first kill to 2020. Oh, what what year frame are we working there? Um, so I think I started shooting a stick bow in like the November of 2017. And then my first kill was 2019. Okay. So Did, when, yeah. when, when was your first year hunting? Was it 2017 was hunting or was that just um, shooting? Just shooting. I shot, you know, I shot good buck with a actually my only buck with a rifle that year because um, I didn't have much time to hunt um, yeah. but I knew I shot um, I have a I don't know what year it is early 70s Kodiak Hunter like the Grayling Green one with the like oh, yeah. blue, blue stripe and I had that forever and I shot that quite a bit that summer because I knew, I knew I was going to hunt with a stick bow but I, I just wanted to I started shooting that like heavily in like August and our season rolls around in September. So I knew I wasn't going to be ready to like hunt with it that year. So kept shooting my compound and didn't have a lot of time to hunt. I literally, I think I got out five times that season with a bow. Yeah. And then, so I just brought my 35 whaling out on uh, opening day of rifle season here and whacked a 
really good 10 pointer. And then, um, sold the compound like that next week. Cause like my, uh, at that time, that area I was hunting was a one deer area. It was like really low deer population. Mm-hmm. So my tag was built for the year. So I, I sold the compound, sold my bow press, sold everything and, um, bought a Hoyt Buffalo and shot indoor leagues at that, that year in winter of like 17, 18. Well, you went all in. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He I, has a very similar theme. 2017 Hoyt Buffalo. I think he, <laughs> I think there was another individual that started about a year before that, that shot a Hoyt Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah. No, it was actually that bow was, uh, my buddy Skyler had a, a bow shop and, um, he was a Hoyt dealer. Oh, cool. And he, all these like bows for like a disc, you know, he could, he could have like three personal bows at a big discount or like, free or whatever so he uh had a buffalo because he was like why not you know recurs are cool whatever yeah and, and those buffaloes were really cool oh yeah i love that bow i still i shoot it quite a bit that so. freaking grip is awesome on those dude i love it yeah it shoots so good like i hate it because like i'm not a big metal riser guy right and I hate it, but that thing shoots better than i <laughs> thing literally shoots better than any other bow i've ever owned but I, it hangs oh, up yeah. Like I, I don't know why, but I have I have the I have the same opinion. I have a Satori that that I it, I shoot so well, but it's this big metal riser. It's it's just utilitarian. It's not pretty. Yeah, you know. My one yep. gripe about the Satori is they got rid of the buffalo grip. Yeah, I do I like this. I do like the Satori grip. It is nice. Um, but it's not buffalo nice. The buffalo grip is just it's insane. It's so nice. I wish yeah. they made. I wish they made the buffalo in an ILF. That's literally right. all they had to do to that bow. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Or because maybe only, bring it back or something, you know, with ILF on it. Yeah, because the only limbs you can get besides the Hoyt formula limbs are, like, borders. I think they make a, mm-hmm. a limb for them. And then you can get, like, an adapter from um, from Uka, I think, or however you say it. And you can get uh, like a ILF plate adapter thing that you can stick on those limbs. Okay. Or, yeah, or you, can make, you can make an ILF limb a formula limb. That's right. That's right. Yes, you yeah. can take something off the – I don't know how they do it, but they, you can remove something from the ILF limbs and, yeah. and it ends up working with formula stuff. Yeah. Do, but yeah. yeah. That, so so what was your – before you can get into hunting, let's stay on this path. Um, yeah. Totally changed the direction. Yeah, we totally screwed that up. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think you and I were on kind of the same trajectory because I'd been screwing around with it a little bit, kind of like you had with your bear. Yeah. And in seventeen, I doubled up with the compound. I shot a buck and a doe within the matter of like forty-five minutes each other. Yeah. And, and after I did that, and that was my biggest buck to at that time. After mm-hmm. I did that, I was like, I got to try something else. And and yeah. I was and I and I had a uh, I had a Hoyt um I had a Hoyt Game Master two, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which also had a really cool grip, but I didn't like that that the, the Hoyt swooping signature. Bar. Swooping. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> if, if that bow didn't have that, it would have been a lot cooler. Hoyt um, Dorado with the same thing. The, the, the well, the Dorado did the Dorado have it too? I think so. Yeah, it did. I think they're all and, good shooting bows, though. I mean, even oh if they were ugly. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that that's uh, similar to you. Like I, I was I was putzing around with them, and then in seventeen, I did the same. Mm-hmm. I, I but I didn't go all. I like I was going all in, but my compound just went in the closet. It didn't get sold. It didn't get sold till this past summer. Actually, okay. yeah. But so anyway, I want I want to hear where you went with this. So 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 seventeen. That was 18, seventeen. Eighteen. You shot you shot uh, winter leagues and stuff strictly traditional. Yep. 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 What was your yep. driving force to go to go traditional? Was it was it the like you got your buck with the rifle and you just wanted to do something different? Was it was there anything else that was like just looking for a challenge? Um. Yeah. Just I don't know. Like it started probably in like. Man, I would say 2015 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I got that bear. Actually, had a like a flea market thing for like 75 bucks. Oh, that ain't bad. The guy that sold it to me just he had owned it since it, he bought it brand new, and like back in like I don't know what year it was, 70 or 72 or something. Oh wow! And like this dude had been like up to Alaska. He'd shot caribou and stuff with it and nice. bears and just yeah all of all all kinds of stuff with it do you still have and, it yeah oh yeah yeah oh, cool yeah i'll never sell that bow that's another bow i shoot extremely well um it's just a 60 inch 50 pounder um, yeah but it, that thing is so sweet i love that bow um but yeah that really start like stoked the fire there for me just getting that bow and like um, I started like reading more, like I'd find, uh, old, like for fish game magazines and anything or any, any like bow hunting magazine. And if it had like traditional stuff in it, I was like all over it. Awesome. Um, bow hunter magazine, like, um, the back with the back with the Fred Eichler articles. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. Uh, Joe Blake, if you know who he is, predator longbow or no, who is he? Uh, prairie longbows. Um, oh. he just has like a little small company. He's actually not very far from me. He's only like an hour and a half from me. Um, but he wrote a bunch of articles about like, oh, like he's a big ground hunter, you know, he hunts off a, off the ground in like a ghillie suit and stuff. Oh, cool. And yeah, just like reading stories of him shooting like these big bucks in like Kansas and stuff off the ground and just going to Texas and shooting javelinger and stuff. And I don't know. Um, it was just, a bunch of little things like that, you know, just kind of really made me want to try it. And then just getting bored with the compound, honestly. Um, like, me and my brother-in-law who got me into bow hunting in the first place, we would, like, shoot together. And we'd be, like, shooting in his backyard or whatever at his 3D targets. And we'd be, like, aiming for the eyeball on his deer <laughs> target, like, 100 yards. Nice. Just seeing who could close to it just like stuff like that and after a while like it was fun but it just got to be like it was like shooting a rifle almost yeah yeah um, and it just wasn't that fun anymore so yeah it was the challenge of it you know really drew me to it and just um i said it before to people like i i swear it's like there are just a certain breed of people that are made to shoot traditional archery like it Dumb takes ones. like a certain probably probably stubborn vegetarians right masochistic right something i don't know what it is but like there's um 
I swear there's like a certain type of person, like it just takes a certain mentality and um, type of person to like stick with traditional and enjoy it. But I don't know. One must love failure. Uh, yes, exactly. And like you have to be like super patient um, and you have to be okay with failing. Yeah, for sure. But, so yeah, I think I think we're on the path of we'll work up until where we are now versus kind of hopping around. Yeah. So I, I recall when you posted your first traditional kill because you're one of the individuals I followed pretty early on the the Instagram days when I first got it, and yep. uh, it was not a white tail. And I remember being super excited for you because you know even back then you could just kind of follow the the introductory level to where you ended up. So I yeah. think that'd be an awesome story to, to hear about. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Well, actually my very first critter, the stick bow was actually a skunk. <laughs> really? Yeah. I actually shot it on the run with that bear, uh, Kodiak hunter. I shot it on the run with, uh, aluminum arrow uh, it was actually an old Easton Quantum, I want to say. They were like this Advantage camo. Um, it was a 2117. And, uh, yeah, I shot it with a Magnus Stinger on the run at like 22 yards. Oh, sweet. Uh, right behind the shoulder. But, um, but yeah, so my first, like, actual critter with a stick bow. Um, yeah, I... Um, did you get your arrow so, back? Did you want yeah. it back? Did you want it back? Did. did you Did you take the pelt? No, I didn't. I didn't. It was like, it was like prime and everything, but it was not very. Yeah, Smell, no. Smell, I, I, smelling very. I, yeah, I I trapped a lot when I was growing up, and yeah. I, I never didn't want ATF to show up to your place. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I never did keep skunks when I trapped. So like you'd catch the in- incidental ones, and I never did keep them. I just couldn't stomach the smell. Yeah, it's not it's but, not it's not easy. Um, no. All right, so 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 skunk down. Body counts. Yep. You got you got notch in your bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's next? Ironically, what you didn't get skunked. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, That's six months as a dad, right there, folks. <laughs> Oh, you're killing it. <laughs> On fire. Uh, yeah, but no, so we have a really high bear population in northern Minnesota where I grew up. Um, so I was still living up there at the time. And um, so they have we have a really high population up there. Like um, I know my brother-in-law has – so it's a lottery system up there. Um, half of the state is uh, – lottery so you have to draw a tag and then the other half where there are bears because there's not bears like all the way down to the southern border or anything but like uh is over the counter because there's not that many bears you know so they it's like more of you know oh i saw a bear and had a tag in my pocket and shot it like kind of a thing you know like it was in the cornfield while i was deer hunting or something but up there um there is a very high population and I don't know why, like we won't get into hunting politics, but I don't know why they don't, um, make it over the counter. 
But, uh, yeah, so, like, it's not a big thing to have, like, 15 or 20 bears on a bait up there. Oh, I nice. had, yeah. So I drew a tag. It took me, like, four years to get, get a tag or whatever. Um, and there's, like, this big chunk of public. It's, like, 2,500 acres across the highway from my parents' place. So it was um, not too far away, so I just drove there and... Um, literally threw a bait up um within like 200 yards of like the parking area just like because like i didn't have a ton of time to do stuff you know i didn't want to hike way back in there and um it's not like like i literally had uh bears hitting it like within the first four days i think um and i ended up having 13 different bears like that i could tell were different bears um, hitting it within a couple weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was getting hammered pretty hard. And then, um, yeah, so that was that would have been my second year ball hunt with a stick bow, you know. Um, the only uh, shot I had the year before that first year I ball hunted was a doe, and I completely whiffed it. It wasn't, shouldn't have even taken a shot. There was some crap in the way, and it was, it was a close shot, but, like, there was a couple twigs in the way that I, I shouldn't have shot through, but I did. Anyway. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, especially your first year doing something new. It's like, you just want to get... It was wide fun. open in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Like, my head was... My, my brain was foggy. I couldn't see it. So, But anyway, you make dumb decisions when you're pumped up. But um, thankfully, that was a clean miss and everything. But, but yeah, so um, I had bears hitting the bait, you know, and... Um, most of them were all in the same, there wasn't, there, out of all those bears, I don't think one was really much bigger than the other. There was one, I guess, that was a, a pretty good bear, probably in that 250, 270 pound range. Like, um, bears are extremely deceiving. I've only gotten to shoot one, but I've been around them quite a bit. And I've, um, like sat in the stand with other people when they've shot bears a few times. And I've been on probably a dozen track jobs or something, something like that. And um, they're extremely deceiving um, size-wise. But um, most of the bears that were hitting the bait were probably in that um, 125 to like 200 pound range, which if you start getting above one, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't you know, in the lower 48 and whatnot. And then Minnesota, I like, if I get, we don't really like, how do I say that? We don't really like, uh, like the bear hunters I know in Minnesota, you don't really like look at the skull so much. Cause like, Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like up here. We don't pay attention to antlers. It's about body weight. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I mean, there are some huge bears. I know, um, my buddy's kid shot a tank, this past year um there are definitely some really big bears but just like deer um you know most people end up shooting smaller bears just like most people end up shooting spikes and fork horns and whatnot during rifle you know it's just like because mm -hmm. you can you can use any weapon during bear season here so like it's a free-for-all kind of oh boy so yeah and i mean picture you know you only draw a tag once every three to five years so you're shooting. And, you know, you, 
yeah, you're shooting. Like nobody, not very many people, at least locals, are like holding out for big bears or anything like that. So anyway, most of them are all about the same size, so I wasn't going to be picky. Um, if I had like one big boar that was like dominating the bait, that would have been different. But um, so yeah, opening day came around. I think it was because uh, it's random. It's not like on a weekend or anything. I think it was like a Tuesday. Like the season started, so it's always uh, September first. Okay, so fall or yep. late yep. season, yep. not spring. Fall, right? Yep. Which I wish it would do a spring season, but yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, it, I yeah, we won't get into that, but I don't know why they don't. Um. So anyway, opening day after work. I think it was like a Tuesday or something, and um, went in there like in my normal clothes like I always did before like because it would always be like after work you know when I was bait so I didn't want to like change anything up scent wise so I just went in there in my dirty work clothes um and seeing the bait got hit again you know just like it did every other day every day I checked it before you know just all the bait cleaned out checked the camera same bunch of you know average size bears on that so um, lots of daylight pictures, so I was pretty confident that I was going to see something that night. And I heard a stick crack, um, maybe like 30 yards past the bait. And it's like most of, or I would say all of northern Minnesota especially, is like full of this, like, I don't know, head higher, better. Like, I don't know what it is. It's hazel brush. It's like what hazelnuts grow on. Okay. And it is just dense like you can't see five feet um especially in september like that when all the leaves are on okay and it's just horrible stuff it's like so that's like all on you know like there's no open woods or anything it's like all that crap like the understory is just thick but i heard a stick snap and i knew it was a bear that was like telling me hey i'm here <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing bears will do is they will quietly let you be aware of their presence like stuff like that you know they'll pop a stick or you'll hear like a or something like that you know we snuck up on you but now we're letting you know (laughs) yeah exactly right yep and you're you're in my kitchen right now and i don't like it don't f up Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) i will find you (laughs) right exactly (laughs) i know where you live (laughs) <laughs> but so I went back to the truck, threw on my um, camel and stuff and grabbed my bow and snuck back in there. And lo and behold, I, I'm like 10 yards from the stand and um, I look over and there's a bear on a log like 30 yards from me just looking at me. And uh, I just... Find the trick. I sh- I could have shot it right then, but I didn't. Um, maybe I should have. I don't know. But it would have been kind of cool shooting one from the ground. But um, but anyway, I was like, oh, kind of freaked out a little bit. But like, got up in the tree and uh, just got my bow like up the tree, and that bear came literally up to my tree, looked up at me, and actually like stood up on the tree that I was in. What you doing? And was, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I started freaking like not freaking out, but like the adrenaline hit pretty hard then. Um 
And then it, it like, uh, laid down right under my tree and just, just laid there, just like, <laughs> kind of like almost snoozing. And, uh, gotta have the stand bear. Just... Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've heard that. Like, there'll be, like, especially smaller bears that just hang around, you know, your stand and stuff when you're there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bears are awesome. I love bears, but, um, yeah, I just kind of hung out there for a minute, and it was, like, right below me. And um, finally, it went into the bait, whatever, and I um, debated on passing it, but then I was like, ah, no. I, you know, like, sometimes um, you could see, like, the same, like, in deer hunting, you could see, like, the same whatever, say, small eight-point or whatever, five days in a row, and it doesn't, like, you know, you pass it, pass it, pass it. And then on like the sixth day, you're like, that's going to kill you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you have teased me one too many days. Exactly. Tonight right. you die. Yeah. I was like, man, I, I don't even like, I'm going to kill this thing. Cause like I wanted a bear really bad. Like that's bears have always been like my, um, dream animal. Like, my life goal is to go up to Alaska and shoot a grizzly or a Kodiak brown bear with my recurve or long ball. Like awesome. that is my that is my ultimate goal. Might never get to do it, but it's a good goal yeah, though. Oh yeah, yeah, they are so cool. Um, but anyway, make a long story short. Short story long. I don't know. Um, probably short story long. But. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it went into the bait, you know, and it was acting kind of nervous, which it's like a, like you see that doe coming in she, <laughs> when you don't know better, you know, you're like, this doe is coming in with her tail, like straight out and she's like running in and you shoot it. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's like November 8th and you <laughs> shoot it and then you, how much of a dumbass you are. <laughs> <laughs> This bear just all of a sudden started bristling up and stuff, and like I was like, <laughs> but it turned broadside, and <laughs> um, so it it was bristled up for a minute, and like you could tell it was nervous, but then it, it calmed down and stuck its head in the in the bait, and um, I was like, it was a eleven yard shot, I think, and. uh I was fairly high in the tree, like 17 feet or something. So it was kind of a steep angle. And, uh, yeah, I just drew back and put an arrow, uh, like, kind of high, high behind, like, top third and, like, center, um, like, left and right. Yep. And top third. And it came out. Um, I didn't realize it at the time because I was so full of adrenaline, but uh, it was slightly quartering away. And I actually... Um, Came out the armpit and like cracked the elbow. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, so it it almost went all the way through it, like hung up on the feathers on the offside. Um, but that bear just like as soon as that arrow hit, um, it was a it was a sow, so a, like a four year old sow. Um, so she like hit the ground, rolled over on her back, and just roared, just roar. and I was like, holy crap! <laughs> Um, it was like something, you know, something we see on TV or something. She just roared. And then, uh, 
did, did kind of this like slow run, like half dazed, drunken run, like 30 yards. And then she like stopped and then she did like a 90 and just took off running. And I heard it crash. And then there was, uh, the classic death moan. She did that. And, uh, she only made it about 45 yards, probably. That's like, uh, you shot that with a Valkyrie and a Java man, right? Yep. Yep. Valkyrie. I'm going to pop a Red Bull here. So, um, yeah, Valkyrie. Uh, that was a heck of an arrow. <laughs> that was back when I was really, uh, so when I first got into shooting stick bows, I was really into the high FOC thing. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, that, because that was a huge craze then. Yeah. Whatever. I'm like on a totally different wavelength now. But, um, but yeah, so that was a, a 672 grain arrow out of a 50 pound Java Man elk cart, 58 inch. And I had a 300 grain Valkyrie Jagger and uh, they're like 50-something grain stainless steel outsert. Yeah, Dang. that thing was a great train. It actually cracked the which bare leg bones. Like, the rest of them are, like, the rest of their body is really soft, but if you hit that leg bone, that's like hitting an iron pipe. And it actually took, it like, a chip off of that leg bone when it exited. Oh, no kidding. Which was, yeah, which I was really surprised by. But, yeah, um, crazy blood trail on that. Like, bears don't bleed much. From what I, you know, my experience or what I know or what people have told me, but um, that thing bled like that was probably the second best blood trail I've ever seen. Actually, it was insane, and I don't know why. I think it was the high entry and low exit. Yeah, it was just like ideal situation. Uh, oh yeah, it was just a bloodbath. Like it was one of those blood trails where you couldn't walk on the blood trail because your pants were getting soaked with blood. It was like <laughs> it was it was crazy. Ray but, Charles yeah, could so, follow it. Exactly, right. Yeah, it was ugly. But, yeah, um, that was... So, I don't remember. I don't think I was carrying a handgun. And uh, it was a little sketchy on my hands and knees through the, like, waist-high ferns and that hazel brush crap. Because it was so thick, I couldn't, like, walk upright. Um, and then I hit, like, a bear trail where they were coming into the you know it was like a pack down like a horse trail through the woods um and i came like i popped out on that and the, that bear was like laying in the middle of that trail like five yards in front of me um but yeah that was pretty much it um actually right when i got done gutting that bear it started um pouring like it was freaking vietnam in whenever their rainy season is winter time or whatever. I don't know, but it was freaking pouring and I had to, thankfully it wasn't that far, but, uh, dragged to the truck, but it was like through that brush and crap. And I was soaked head to toe and like full of stinky bear hair and just, it was bad. Um, but yeah, but that was that. Um, I now have the tanned hide hanging on my wall and the skull on my wall shelf thing so freaking awesome yeah that was yeah that was a big goal of mine even when i shot a compound was to shoot a bear a bear and an antelope those are the two biggest ones those are attainable goals 
So I accomplished one. Yeah. So, so I guess now we could probably fast forward to 2020, which was the last year you got something before a bit of a drought. Which I guess mm-hmm. we say drought. It was really just 2021. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So 2020. So that would have been. Um. Well, I, I guess to go back really quick, I shot a decent eight pointer in 20. Oh yeah. Nineteen as well. That was my first. Well, actually, second deer with a stick bow because I actually um, wounded a little think freak racked little I don't know what you call him little buck earlier in the year and I didn't find him until actually the next spring so um that's a whole different story about shot distance and tree stand height and all that fun stuff but and shot angle but anyway yeah so I shot a, a pretty decent eight pointer a three and a half year old eight pointer um nice. but anyway 2020 um yeah, so had kind of a that was like my probably my best year for seeing bucks. Um I saw I was hunting mostly this area like it's like an hour and 20 minutes south of where I lived, but it's a um archery only area. So I think you can use a muzzleloader during muzzleloader season, um but you can't use any other um firearm. Um but so it's like, and it's huge. I mean, it's, I don't even know, 50,000 acres. A good plot of land. Oh, it's huge. Like, it's miles and miles. And so I hunted in there quite a bit. So, like, these deer are pretty untouched. And there's, like, that's my um, secret little slice of heaven up there. Um, and I saw, I don't even know how many, eight... I think eight or nine like mature bucks in October alone in there, like three and a half plus year old deer and like open young, all like young deer. Um, some really cool encounters and I just never was able to put an arrow in one. But um, yeah, so I can't remember when it was. I think it was early October. Um, I was in this little spot uh, closer to where I lived than that. Um, actually, it was within sight of my truck, which, like inside of the parking lot on this public land, which is kind of cool, but it's like this little funnel um, where the deer actually, because um, it's a narrow strip of public, it's only probably a quarter mile wide. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the deer bed on, <laughs> bed on, private on the south side and then they cross this public and go to these big cornfields on the north on private on the north side so it's like this and they they like in this one particular spot it's like right next to the parking lot the parking lot is probably a acre sized like grass field yep and these deer would um just kind of funnel through this spot and they would like check out that parking lot and then like skirt the edge of it. And between the parking lot, um, like there's a parking lot, there's a trail, the deer trail. And then there's like this big deep ravine. 
and they don't really like to go down in there. So it's like this perfect little funnel. And um, so, like, I don't know, seven or something, this, like, family group of does come by, and uh, does and fawns and whatever, whatever, yearlings and whatnot, um, come filtering through, and they all get past me. Um, I let them all, like, they were 25 yards or so, probably. And um, I had my eye on the doe in the back because she was, like, huge body compared to the rest of them. And um, she was walking, actually, I didn't say this in the earlier attempt, but she was walking a little slower than the rest of them. You know, she was, like, kind of lagging behind. So I was like, I'll shoot that one. And um, so I was in a tree saddle. That was the last year I hunted in a tree saddle, I think. And it was a quick hunt after work. Um, so I didn't really have much time to, like, pick a tree because it was kind of getting late. Yep. So this, uh, I think it was a basswood tree. So they don't have a lot of limbs until you're, like, 40 feet up when they're mature, you know. And um, so I'm hanging off the side of this basswood tree, which, like, there's no... And it was, like, a two-trunk tree, but it was, like, not best cover. So I, like, sucked in my uh, tether or whatever, and I'm, like, hugging the tree as much as I can to get cover. And this doll, like, I, she starts walking past. She gets in this nice opening and stuff, and I start to come to full draw. And uh, she whips her head around and looks at me. I, like, the wind was perfect and everything. I don't know how she... And, like, I was drawn slow and everything. But, like, this doe is so old. She literally didn't have any teeth in her head left. Um, I wish I would have gotten her aged, but I didn't. But I don't know how old she was. Eight, probably seven, eight, nine years old. Crazy. Dang. Yeah. But, um, so she actually whips her head around and comes, like, marching, like, straight to my tree and um, walks right right underneath me and is looking up at me, stomping and blowing and everything. And um, probably for like two minutes or a minute or two. And finally I was going to put an arrow like straight down through, through her back and just like, because I was like, I can't do anything else, you know. And um, so I started coming to full draw and she busted me, of course, because she's staring at me from like, 10 feet away or whatever and um blew out of there and i came to full draw as she was running and um she stopped broadside at like i don't know 18 yards 17 yards and i i purposefully held my tip of my arrow like super low like in the dirt um because i knew she was going to drop so much and normally like my um gap at like 16 to 20 is like somewhere around the knee of a deer Okay, but I held, I held even lower than that, and because um, I knew she was gonna duck, because she was like super amped up. But um, and I think the main reason I like normally I I don't like shooting at amped up deer like that. But I'd seen a lot of deer already that year, but I hadn't had that many shot opportunities, and it was only like my second year on the stick bow. So I was like, I want to put an arrow on something, you know, and. Uh, but again, clouded judgment a little bit, but I knew what like my bow would do, and you know, as far as trajectory and everything, I felt pretty confident. Yep. If I if I miss, I'd rather like shoot low, and if I don't miss, she'll duck right into it. Perfect. And yeah, so I shot, and this doe literally, I don't know, does like this crazy 
probably she probably took some jujitsu classes or something. I don't know. But like she freaking ducked out on me so hard she almost hit the ground. Like she was almost like on her side on the ground. And I just remember um <laughs> my arrow I pictured like I saw it going like over her back as she was ducking. And then she like did the spin thing like away as she ducked. And so I just remember watching my arrow arcing over her back and then her head came in <laughs> into like the perfect spot and I ended up uh putting a two hundred grain VPA three blade through the back of her head and oh dropped her like yeah, dropped her like a ton of bricks. But the the crazy was, thing is you were like one of three people I knew that did that that year. Like yeah, it I, is the only year I've ever heard it happening, but you weren't alone. Right. And I heard that too. I can't remember who else it was that I talked to, but I think I knew, I know at least one other person that had that happen that year also. That is crazy. That is yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah, it was wild. But yeah, so there's that one. Um, big old mature doe. I mean, huge, huge body. Um, and then, so fast forward, um, the rut here is, um, honestly kind of crappy. I hate November because it's rifle season. Our rifle season starts the first Saturday in, in November. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So like most of the state, you can use high power, right? Like center fire rifles, whatever you want. But then, um, like the Southern part is shotguns, you know? Um, and then I think there's actually like a another season, like a B season or something, like way down south, like on the Iowa border. That's like more like other states where it's around Thanksgiving. I might be wrong on that, but I because I don't gun hunt and I don't live down there, so I don't pay attention. But I think there's actually a third or like a second, like a B season or something down there. But anyway, our gun season starts like when the rut is cranking and um, it definitely shows because that's when obviously you see a lot of bucks getting shot and posted up on Facebook and stuff um, and big, big bucks. Um, so I hate November because um, normally I really don't hunt as hard because I don't want to get shot. Frankly, get shot. <laughs> it, it literally... Um, so I moved from northern Minnesota here to central Minnesota um, technically like two years ago now. Um, I rented a couple different places, lived with my brother for a couple months, whatever, and then finally bought this house. But So I got to experience my first uh, rifle season down here a couple of years ago, and I swear it was like World War II. I mean, it was – I literally was keeping track of shots in my head, uh, the first hour of daylight, and I think I got to like 200 and something and I quit counting. Um, yeah, that's a few. Yeah. There was, um, 17 trucks in the parking lot when I got back, like at noon, I went back to my truck and there was 17 trucks in this parking lot. One tiny, like there was people out on the county road part. Um, yeah, it was insane. But, so yeah, I hate November's, but uh, for that reason. But anyway, went through November. Really didn't have that much opportunity or anything. Um, it was kind of slow. And then December came around, 
And I was kind of, usually in December, I get pretty worn down. I don't know about you guys, but if you're hunting a lot, September, October, November, December is a really tough month for me to get out in the stand. It starts getting real like, cold, too, and just yeah, not a lot going yeah, in your just, favor. No, it's just miserable. If you're burnt out from hunting two and a half, three months, whatever, however long your season is, um, if you're like me and you, I don't know, for some reason I'm like uh, the opposite of an attract, I'm like a deterrent for deer for the most part. Yeah. Um, I, I just happen to be in the right place at the right times once in a while and I make stuff happen, but um but yeah, so December I was getting pretty worn down. I think it was like the seventeenth or something of of December and our season closes like the thirty first or whatever, so but it was like uh I was like, This is gonna be like my last time of the year. Like work was going pretty good still then, you know, whatever, even though it was kinda normally that's kinda slow right then. December is kinda slow, but it was going pretty good. So I was working a lot, whatever, and just didn't have much gas left in the tank, you know. Yep. So it was, it was like a, my my last one or two hunts, you know. So same, actually same piece of public, but I went way back in there because it's kind of like a long, narrow piece of public, and it's it's only like a hundred acres. But anyway, got to the back corner of it. Um, just literally, there was deer tracks in there in the snow, and I was like, screw it, good enough. Um, I only had like an hour before dark. I think it was another after work deal on like a Friday. And got in this tree, you know, whatever. Um, actually, that was my first sit with the XOP stand that I and sticks that I have now. Nice. And um, yeah, so got in there. Um, and it was like right before, like 15 or 20 minutes before the end of legal light. And, um, could see, you know, just fine, whatever. It was bright, nice, sunny evening. So I see these deer, like, way out there because that particular area is kind of hilly um, and a little, quite a bit more open. So I seen these deer, like, down in this bottom working towards me, and they were, like, 200 yards away or something. And I was like, no way are they going to come. Like, open, like, pretty open hardwoods, like, no way are they randomly going to come over here when they're like, it's like go any direction they want, you know, I'm like, no way. Sure enough. I think there's four in the group and, um, they're all like the same size, like, uh, probably two and a half year old deer, you know? And, uh, lo and behold, that group comes into, I think it was 17 or 20 yards, about the same as the other one. And just start, feeding, you know, milling around, digging in the, I think they were looking for acorns that were still on the ground, whatever. And, uh, yeah, that, I mean, pretty straightforward, nothing crazy, you know, just drew back the one I picked out, um, quartered away, you know, and moved her onside leg forward and I drilled her like mid chest and it came out the armpit. Perfect. And yeah, it was beautiful shot killer shot yeah yeah it was it was awesome that was uh the only deer i've shot with that cut through a three blade and how, how was the blood trail with that insane um yeah. it was the, like i said that bear was the second best this was the very best i've ever seen in my life it was okay unbelievable. are you are you still using them now 
No, I actually, I started, like I shot that first year there in 2020, or yeah, 2020 with a VPA, and then I shot the, this one with a cutthroat, and then right. so I'm, I'm to VPAs since, so. Gotcha. I think I shot four deer or something with them now. But, um, but yeah, it was an insane blood trail. That one, um, arrow actually st- stayed in there. Like, it would have been a full pass-through, but it hit that offside knuckle. Um, and it actually exploded that knuckle. Um, wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, I, I, I've i never... Like, even when I shot a compound and shooting, like, 70 pounds and, like, G5 striker broadheads or whatever, and shooting a pretty fast setup or, you know, hard hitting setup. I never got through that like bone like that. Um, if it wasn't for that, like center squaring that offside leg, it would have definitely blown through. Cause like it poked a hole in the offside, like in the armpit. Gotcha. But her, her leg was like back or whatever. So it hit that leg on the exit, but, um, insane blood trail with that one. But she, she actually went a long ways though. Um, I think it was because the whole group went with her and it, just kind of like too spooked. Yeah, the drive. Um, yeah, keep keep pushing on you. Yeah. Yeah. So she made it like ninety yards and like tumbled down this hill like thirty feet down. So that was fun getting her out of there. But um, that one I actually packed out across my shoulders like I did the full Cam Haynes thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> was it a mistake? Me. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. I was so like I thought I was dying. After that, like it made me realize how out of shape I am. I'm like, oh, just breathing fire the whole time. My lungs are just burning so bad. It was awful. I'll never do that again unless I have to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was that. That was 2020, 2021. Not much to tell, really. Um, that was a dry spell. Um, that was my first year like really hunting down here because that was when I moved down to the central part of the state. Okay. And it was just really rough here. Like, um, you know, where I was renting a, a house, then it was like a really long, like 45 minutes was the closest public. And I moved here down here in like August. So it was like right before season started and I wasn't going to knock on doors or anything like that. So it was just something public. Um, and it was just like learning totally new spots, and it was just awful. Grinder of a year. A lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So that was the year that I, you know, hunted during gun season, and it was like World War Two, and, yeah, it was just really bad. Like, I didn't know, like, the spots where other people, you know, congregate. And so, right. like, I, uh, I didn't know the spots that people didn't really – you know, go, you know, I didn't know those spots. So it was really, really rough. I was constantly bumping into other people. Um, and it was just terrible. I think I saw a grand total of five deer the whole season. Um, sounds like Schaefer. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's well, my, that's my quota for a year or my Dude, goal. Same here, same here, actually. Um, it's weird because like up north where, um, I'm originally from, you would think it would be like no deer up there, and I'm probably I probably shouldn't say this, but nobody hunts in northern anyway. Except uh, 
rednecks that go up there to camp and get drunk and they don't really hunt. It's okay. We only have but, two listeners anyway, so and you're one of them. So. <laughs> yeah, you're good. So, but it's so weird because like where I'm at now, so I'm close to, uh, I'm not that far out of Minneapolis. I'm like 45 minutes north. And like, I don't know if you know where, ever heard of like St. Cloud. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm like 15 minutes from St. Cloud. Um, so it's all like awesome white, oh my gosh, I like drool every time I drive out of town, like, it's like cornfields galore, soybeans, little strips of wood, like little chunks of wood, it's like, you know, it's perfect white-tail habitat, um, but it's so weird, because like, um, there's public here, and like, that's all I've ever really hunted is public, um, just because I'm lazy and don't, and probably too shy to knock on doors, but uh, I should, I know I should, but I don't, but, um, like there's some pretty good sized chunks of public, but there are just so many hunters because it's close enough to Minneapolis where like, this is up North, you know, like this is out in the boondocks for most people. So it's like in that perfect spot where it's like, you know, far enough away where like the city people come up, but it's like, it screws up everything for anybody local that wants to hunt. You know, not saying that. Well, yeah, I am saying that overcrowding sucks. Like, too, <laughs> there is a point where like there's there's too many, you know, people in the boat. You know. Yep. And it just ruins it. Um. So that that has been a really big struggle for me is like learning how to hunt around other people because when I lived up north, I literally can count on. One time I bumped into another bow hunter up there. Um, that's it. Because there's so much public land up there. It's like, it seems like, anyway, it seems like it's all public land up there, but it's, it's not. But there's just huge chunks of public and, like, roadless public. Like, you can go for miles and miles and not see another human. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's like kind of like the UP up there. It's, like, pretty wild still. Um, but yeah, then you come down here and it's just really frustrating because you look at the habitat and it looks like you're in Iowa or something and the deer are here. There's definitely, so where I was leading up to with the, so many hunters on public land, the deer are on the public during the summertime and all that, like they're in there. But as soon as, um, hunting season hits, they are on the private, like, instantly. It's like they know where that line is, and it's just frustrating. But Now, is that, like, the moment bow season hits? Yeah, yep, yep. Gotcha. So, actually, wow. our archery season and our small game season start on the same day. Oh. So, there are a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. there. I think there's more uh, small game hunters than bow hunters, really. Um, but it is, yeah, it's like double pressure, you know, so it sucks, but it is what it is though. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It, yeah. That's the thing. It's just frustrating because, you know, you might sneak into this bedding area you found like way in the back corner of this public land, you know, say it's like a 300 acre chunk and you hit back in there like an hour before daylight and right at daylight, here comes, you know, like three headlamps. They're talking. They're, you know, because like, it's, it's typically these, um, like people from 
not like some city, the cities, like the Twin Cities, and like they're just, you know, maybe just getting into hunting or something, and they just like don't know better. So it's kind of frustrating. Like I had that happen a couple times this past season where getting to a spot like that, you know, the deer are there, and um, all of a sudden you hear talking and like headlamps and maybe like a deer cart clanking through the woods. <laughs> And you have like eight deer blow up right in front of you in the dark. And like, well, you bring the deer oh. cart to start with, right? Exactly. Not after when you something. Oh I mean, my I, god! I can appreciate the uh, confidence and enthusiasm, but love like, anyway. it. Some people yeah. consider it bad luck just to have it in the car. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I, like, I I can. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I will never bring a camera with me. No. Like, no. like I, I used to, I used to bring, like, I have a still, uh, what do you call it, DSLR still camera? I'd bring with me in mm-hmm. case, like, I got something that takes some pictures, you know. But I don't bring, I don't bring it with me anymore because every time I brought it with me, I wouldn't even see anything, or I'd have like a terrible day hunting. So as soon as I stopped, the the first day I didn't bring it with me is when I shot that big one in. Nineteen, I think it was. So I was like, "All right, I'm done." Bring- uh, if I have to, I'll drive home and get the camera and come back. Yeah, exactly. That's my superstition for the day. Right, I'm in the same boat. I, I literally, it was the same for me. Now I just bring my iPhone and a little twelve dollar tripod from Walmart. Like literally, that's what my phone is on right now as we're speaking. They do yeah, a good I- enough job anyway. Yeah, uh, oh, on the yeah, opposite. I, mean, I just make sure I set up my video camera every hunt. Right. That way, no matter what happens, it is there if it does. You're not happen. seeing anything. Well, the, who knows? <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Right. You're yeah. definitely not the taking one, my approach. Like like this past year, I wish I would have had my DSLR because those those photos I took were horrible. Because like an iPhone is fine, but at night, like in the daytime, but at night. I just didn't have good lighting, and it yeah, it like, gets grainy. Oh, it was terrible. Like, I, like I really appreciate a good like grip and grin, and like I didn't even want to post those pictures. They were like so bad. Then I was like, ah, screw it, whatever, you know. Um, it's authentic, at least, you know. It's not like it was some stage, you know. It, it was it was real life, whatever. So I threw them off there, but. But yeah, iPhone, well, at least my iPhone, it doesn't take the best pictures. I mean, at least at night, it could take better pictures. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Daylight is awesome, but unless I just don't know how to take good nighttime photos. I do like the delay on it if you don't have the the new ones. Yeah, yeah. If you you like... If you don't have the flash on, it's a, it's a delayed, so it's a yeah. uh, a longer shutter or shorter shutter speed. Longer, longer shutter speed. I so don't know. you can take some some deep. Like I took some some star pictures. Like when I get into the, my stand in the morning, yeah, and I just like hold the camera up. You just gotta hold it real still, but it, you'd get decent turnout. I mean, it's it's yeah. like a, if I did a long exposure with the the DSLR, you get the same kind of effect. Better night sky. Yep, yep, for sure. We're getting nerdy. Yeah. Drop an F-stop, too, here? Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh boy, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about photography. Yet. I'm really intrigued by it, but and I have a DSLR and everything, um, just kind of an older one, but it's fun. Um, it is. It it's is cool. Yeah, I just, I just got sick putting the camera around. Yeah, that's kind of like what I. I mean, I did it for a lot for about mm-hmm. five or six years, and I've kind of toned it down a little bit. Just because yep. it's such a pain in the butt to bring all that crap with you. Yeah, right. It was it was way easier when I was using a saddle, but then I went back to a tree stand, like a mm-hmm. mobile stand. And just anymore, I um I hate carrying like a full backpack. I care. I use a uh, like a fanny pack. So yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so much easier. Um, and I just strap extra clothes in the late season. I just like bungee strap it to the stand. So. I gotta bring a big bag because I bring lots of snacks. Right. Oh yeah, there's that. I, I just stuff my pants pockets full of snacks. Also a good idea. Right. It, um, I mean, normally they don't last, you know, very long. By the time I get in the tree stand, normally they're gone anyway, or like within the first hour. So I eat a lot. Right. So. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Same. My right. issue is I always want to bring a lot of water, and that's just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to do. To do without a pack. See, I never bring water. I I try. I'll I'll bring it, and then I won't drink it. Oh God, I drink water all day long. So, so that's the Bad. funny thing. Nine out of ten times, I don't drink it either. But like, there's this certain security that having the water brings me. Yeah, right. Like if you get like stuck out there for some weird reason, like you have water and you have I don't know what else. Hey, Shafer. Oh, Not to interrupt you guys, Shafer. Are you recording? Uh, yeah. I take it you're not. No, I was. I just, I think mine just, I think my recorder turned off. Just as long as you're recording. Oh, as long okay. as I, it says it's still on, but it also just said finished recording, so I don't know what the hell that means. But, so as long as one of us is recording us. Okay. Yeah. Again, and professional. Professional action. status. <laughs> I'm not even going to cut that out. <laughs> oh, priceless. <laughs> All right, so I, I think now we're at 2022. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. hear it. Let's hear another uh, drawn-out rambling. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling. So no, bad. these are good. These are good. Uh, if you guys have questions, just interrupt me, Dory, <laughs> please. But, uh, yeah, so this year... Um, so what's been my biggest problem since I've moved down to like central Minnesota is my housing situation. Um, cause like 2021, it was like weird. Um, it was a weird year. I was like, I spent the first part, like, so I worked for my brother doing drywall. He owns his own, had his own company. So I lived with him for like the first four months and then I rented like a uh, room from this elderly lady who needed just needed some extra cash, whatever. So I got I, I like paid super cheap rent because I was like I can't afford anything more than this right now, whatever. So anyway, it really screwed up like my hunting stuff because like that was why I didn't like knock on doors or anything, you know, because like I wasn't committed to like living anywhere. It was yep. like a really weird thing, but. Uh, like this this past season um i bought a house here um in some like it's a little farm town uh just outside of st cloud 
uh, Foley, here in Foley, I bought a little house. And I, I closed on it, like, literally the Tuesday. So the season opened on a Saturday, like the 17th or something. And I closed on it on the 8th, which was like a Tuesday. So um, opening day was like a mess because I was still, like, moving and stuff. Opening weekend was a mess. Um, I think I actually had to work that day, but I got out in the woods, like, that morning before work. Um, really quick. That was a sh- hoop show because um, it was pouring rain. And for some reason that day, I decided, you know, it was opening morning. Um, I felt like uh, starting fresh with everything. And I was like, I was wearing some old uh, cotton camo that I've had since I was like, I bought it at a, like a, thrift store when I was like 12 when I first started bow hunting and I got so soaked in that in that and like (laughs) I was just so miserable um it was like pouring rain pretty good and I I can't remember why but I oh I couldn't it was starting to get daylight and I could not get up in this tree that I wanted to get in because it was um too big for my strap of my sticks to go around and it was, like, the only tree that was, like, I didn't, like, I could get into. Like, the rest of them were, like, way too thick. Like, you couldn't, yeah, it just was and small, and it just wasn't happening. So I sat on the ground in the pouring rain. Opening day was pretty miserable. My I was soaked, and uh, just these baggy cotton clothes just hanging off me, and it was just a, a mess. Um. So I don't know why I, I wanted to be like nostalgic, throw on my old stuff oh, yeah. from back then, you know, like, yep. cause I bought that. I was like 12. The stuff was like adult size. It was hanging off me like back then, but it was like, I got like a, uh, this like long sleeve, like it, like real tree advantage shirt and like a matching set of pants from like the nineties or early two thousands for like 10 bucks for both of them. And I was like, so, so proud of that. Heck yeah. Nice. And, uh, you know, so like now it's like the same stuff still fits me. Cause it's like an XL shirt and like a size 36 pair of pants, you know, take what you can so, get. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. So like, I don't know, opening day, I wanted to be like nostalgic and like, I, I brought up my old crap, you know? And, uh, I think I even brought my old, uh, API, I don't even know what model it is, but it's like an API hang on. It was also, I bought it at the same thrift store for like $25. It's like this old API with like the hammock style. Hammock okay. Style, yep. like, the seat, yes. Like, yeah, with like the foam around the bar and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, that is still like the most comfortable stand. That thing is awesome. But uh, the, the seat is actually pretty much like ripped so I like mostly stand in it. <laughs> Sketchiness too. Much. Oh yeah. But uh anyway, so I was feeling nostalgic on opening morning, so I brought all that and it was a mess. But anyway, so um let me think. This year this past year I it was another like slow year as far as encounters. Like I was like I don't know if you guys saw how hard I was hunting, but it was a lot. 
I was about to say, you were um, going a lot. Yeah, it was like, because now I'm like way closer to the same public that I was driving like an hour or two before. So now I'm like 15, 20 minutes. So it's a lot easier to get out. But um, I was really, this is, I've never hunted harder in my life, I don't think. Um, so it was another slow year, but um, I think it was the second weekend of season. Because I mostly hunt weekends, you know, on the occasional, like, evening or morning when I can during the week. But yep. um, it was another rainy day. And I got up into this oak, and um, it was kind of getting close to dark. Another rainy evening, kind of hot and humid. And it was, like, thunderstorming and stuff. But it was it was kind of kind of neat scenario. But, um... I was definitely not wearing that same cotton crap, though. I was wearing my Sitka down <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, people have been giving me a lot of crap the past few weeks. I don't know. People keep sending me memes and stuff about Sitka gear. I don't know Did why. you switch? Kind of. I have, like, three pieces of Kuyu. Okay. But the re- I have, like, 30 pieces of, like, Sitka stuff, so... I used, I, I used to pick. I used to pick on Sika a lot, and then I, I oh. won. I won that. Uh, that I think you and I had this conversation, but I, I won a, a a bunch of stuff from Sickbo Chronicles for one of their yeah. photo contests, and okay, I won. The one thing I won was the fanatic bibs and jacket. Mm-hmm. I haven't been cold again. Right, <laughs> that stuff is awesome. I I only have the best, but um, I have the strata. Oh, but. The jacket's too warm. Like all I do is wear the bibs, and uh, and I'm yeah. like on the cold, cold days. Those bibs are amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I really love sick and stuff. Like I don't. There's like no reason why if I do end up fully switching to like Kuyu stuff, there's like no rhyme or reason to it. It's just because I want to change once in a while. But yeah, yeah. Spice of life. But it's all- they both make good stuff. I, yeah, I have probably. I have plenty of both, and they're both really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, honestly, though, I'm like, this is kind of off track of hunting, but, like, I'm trying to, like, simplify my equipment because I feel like I've gone to, like, such an extreme with this stuff sometimes. I understand that and completely. I get that. I kind of did that yeah. with bows recently. I had so many bows. Yeah. Right. It just, like, gets to be too much, and finally you're like, what am I doing? Like, do I... I do I need this stuff now? Do I even like, hunt, or do I just buy the stuff? Right, right exactly. Like, like, do I really kill anything, or am I just, like, taking selfies with this stuff to, like, I, like what am I doing? <laughs> so, but, no, I don't know. Like, I hunt. I, I feel like, for me, I, I do hunt. Like, I put in the effort enough where, like, that stuff kind of makes sense, and, like, when I first started, like, this totally off topic of hunting. Well, not that's hunting, fine. but, like... It, yeah, we're, we're on okay topic with our podcast, so... Yeah, so that's we're, all that matters. <laughs> right. So, like, when I, I... I still feel, like, kind of a... A D-bag wearing Sitka. Um, I have worn this stuff for, like, nine years now. But... I'm, I When I first got some of it, it was because I was going mule deer hunting... Mm-hmm. And I felt I needed it. So that started that whole thing. And it's been a downhill spiral ever since. It's kind of like buying a Black Widow. Like, once you. I don't like know you what you're talking a, about. 
Yeah, like you could have a ceramic stage and kill like everything with it, and then you get like a black widow, and you're like, this is way better. Like, you know. I think so, Sika's big problem is they keep giving. I assume I I guess this is more of me assuming, but I assume they give stuff to all those influencers who are absolute trash bags that don't hunt, but they just take pictures of themselves. Yeah. And that's that I mean is, like I'd be trying to stay far away from those people. Yeah. That is literally the reason the only reason that I bought a couple Kuyu items and the only reason I may just switch completely because I'm not cool with all that stuff. <laughs> like, like I I hated on Kuyu for a while because like I don't know I was wearing Sitka stuff and like they're comp- you know they're in a competition with each other. But then I started like actually <laughs> comparing like the stuff that each of them each company like this is not shitting on Sitka either you know, but like. The difference between the two companies, it's like, huh. <laughs> you know, like, at least, you know, they're both kind of uh, over-marketed, you know, things, brands, whatever. Tidbit. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little bit. But, you know, at least if you're going to, if you need, like, Kuyu, at least, when they post somebody's photo, it's like probably a guide you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, see, you're, you're more, you're more, uh, believable? The, no, the yeah. people that they're, that are in all their advertisements or stuff, or if you go through their Instagram, Kuyu is pretty much, it's, it's all guides and, and guys that are actually doing this stuff. And exactly. then, and I don't think you see much of that from Sika. I think it's just the people wearing it yeah. that give them the name, you know? Exactly right. Yeah. So, I don't know. They they both have good things to offer, and yeah. you know if if you like one over the other, good for you know good for you. Whatever works yep. for you. Yep, exactly. And like with Sitka, like it's not the clothing's fault. Like it's just fabric with a patterns, you know, put on it. I, I think bad I think, gear. Yeah, I think the big thing uh, that most people have issues with is the price. It's insane. Yeah, <clears throat> this guy. Yeah, yeah. Who you is like? fraction of the price plus they they have sales all the yeah time. yeah there's always a 40 percent off sale for for kuyu that's why that's why that's when i get most like when, if i bought something from them it's it was when it was on one of those sales yeah and they have a freaking payment thing like a payment plan thing like they have uh what the heck is it called uh i can't remember what it's called but anyway where you like pay so much a month oh well and, Nobody else has that for camera that I know of. But anyway, there's there's no. our there's our our our, our, our clothing our, rant, our big tangent. Right. Yeah, I really like gear. Like, so yeah, I could go on and on about that stuff. But there's a like, lot of any, yeah. Anymore though, I'm kind of like like when I said I'm like kind of stepping back from that lately, mm-hmm. and like. I haven't bought a bow in, well, that P- PMA I'm shooting now, I bought, I got that last October. So, and before that, I hadn't bought a bow since July of the year before, I think. I can't really say anything about that right now. 
it'd, it'd be oh, funny to hear Chris's last six months, seven months. I did. I did. I did have well, the last. How about the last ten hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay. I want to. I want to talk about bowls really quick. Yeah, go for but it. But first, I'll finish my my. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's get back to twenty twenty two. Yeah, we're at like an hour and fourteen now. Whatever. We'll go to like 2022 hunting yeah. story just became I shot deer. All right, bows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, pretty much. Yeah, so let me think. Uh, October 13th, I was hunting in this. Uh, I actually ended up shooting both. Spoiler alert. I ended up shooting both deer on the same piece of public, like really hard hunted public. Tons of pheasant hunters, ton of, tons of squirrel hunters, and tons of ball hunters. Um, it's a really cool spot. It's not that far from me. But, um, yeah, it was like I wasn't seeing much. Um, and I met, it was, I got set up in this little corner where, like, this creek makes a bend. Because it's like, uh, I won't even, I'm not going to explain this uh, terrain situation because it's going to be a total dead giveaway to and I know there are a couple guys close to me that do listen to this podcast. So we got range. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into detail because it's a very unique, um, very easy to identify chunk of public. So yeah. Anyway, be vague. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hunting Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota somewhere. And, um, Anyway, so I set up on, like, this corner of a creek, and, uh, this, so it's, like, getting pretty, pretty dark, you know, but still had, I think I had about 20 minutes of legal light left, but it was kind of a cloudy day, so it kind of getting dark pretty quick, and, like I said, I was having a pretty slow season, so I was like, I'm not going to be picky this year, um, after the 20, 21 season I had, no, no deer in the freezer or whatever. So, um, this deer comes walking down this edge right towards me, and I was like, I'm going to shoot this thing no matter, like, what it is. Like, I don't care, because um, I have two antlerless tags and a either sex tag. So, um, I had three tags to fill, and it was still early in the season. So, this deer comes walking down this edge towards me and uh, comes right into this kind of little corner of the creek, kind of a nice little funnel where I'm at. And make a long story short, 17 yards. Um, this thing comes in slightly quartering two and stopped on its own, which I really like. I, I've really learned with, if I've learned one thing with a stick bow, um, shooting at alert deer is not usually not a, good a good combination. <laughs> yeah, no. Unless they're like, well, I was going to say, unless they're like super close, but even then that can almost be worse. Um, but so stopped on its own, um, and I put the uh, arrow through it and um, watched it flip over about 50 yards away, and that was kind of that. Um, that's a, so that was the first year I shot with this PMA, and um, I had one other one before, um, and. I was really interested to see like what it would do on a deer because um, it's by far the heaviest poundage I've shot. Um, it's a 58 pounder at 28. 
Nice. And I was shooting a 600 grain traditional only barebow arrow with a 200 grain VPA on it. And, um, well, if you, uh, look at my Instagram post of the size of that deer body wise, you'll see <laughs> it's not a shocker why it, I got a full pass through and like buried like 18 inches of the arrow in the dirt. <laughs> so it was a giant. <laughs> it was huge, man. <laughs> <laughs> Monster. No, I think it weighed less than 100 pounds with the like, guts in. <laughs> it was like the second smallest deer I've ever seen. <laughs> but, like, in my defense, like, I didn't have another deer to compare. Like, there, it was by itself. <laughs> I didn't have another deer to compare it to. So, I mean, <laughs> there's that. But, needless to say, I got a full pass through on it. Um, and it, it, I think it didn't have very much blood in it because I think it was I don't know maybe it was possibly still I don't know it wasn't very big I think that it bled every it just didn't have of much blood. of a capacity <laughs> no no it was so yeah but that was fun though that uh, really gained my confidence back especially hitting a small target like that because it was like uh, the kill zone on that thing was probably the size of uh, like you know the little dessert paper plates yeah 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 it was like it's like six inches across or whatever. So i was like holy crap if i actually center punch that thing it was like, especially when i like scan it it was like holy crap this thing is like a did i shoot like a a corgi or it looks like a dang corgi oh. <laughs> tasted I, like, good i bet though I literally like put it on the skinning gambrel with one with one hand. I picked them. it was so bad. Oh but boy. Anyway. Yeah. So there was there was that one and then um I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, so October goes on. Um had a few encounters. Um one pretty nice uh three and a half year old eight pointer that I had come in right at dark and just wouldn't step out into the open. Um, I think I grunted that one in actually, um, cause I heard him walking a hundred yards or so off and I couldn't tell what it was, but I knew it was a deer and, uh, gave a few grunts and he came walking in, but he was like 15 yards, but he was in too thick a brush and again, it was getting pretty dark. So definitely not going to risk that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, then November came in and... Hunter kept hunting pretty hard. I actually found some spots this year that I can act- I could actually get away from gun hunters even, which is crazy, but I did it. Um, saw a couple, like, dink bucks, like little spikes and stuff. Um, and then I can't remember what day. Okay, so gun season ended, and then there's, like, a, there's like five. Let me think. No, there's a whole week between... Uh, gun season and muzzleloader I think and it was the it was like a, that Tuesday after gun season ended on Sunday and it was uh, our first good snowfall of the year so it was like November I don't know 20th or something no 17th I don't remember somewhere in there middle of November and um, anyway 
I got out, it was, we got off work, like we got done with this job at like two o'clock or something. And the job just happened to be like right, not far from my house. Um, cause we just do like residential houses. So it's like, they could be anywhere, yep. you know, within yep. an hour of me or so. But, uh, just happened to be right down the road. So I hopped in the truck, ran home, took a shower, grabbed my crap and, uh, hauled butt up to a spot. And, um, got in there like an hour and a half before dark. It was like a good three quarters of a mile walk back to where I wanted to be. And, um, I'd actually gone in there, I think it was the night before, like literally after dark. Cause it, I think it snowed a little bit the night before or the day before. Um, and I actually did like a quick scouting trip in the dark with a headlamp, just looking for deer tracks and like trying to figure out where these deer were at. And so it was like eight o'clock at night or something. I was out there with a headlamp, like a goofball. But I found <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, right? That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're on like limited time. But uh, so I did that. So I knew where kind of a general area where these deer were traveling through. Got set up in there. It was kind of like on the edge of a like a swampy area, like a marsh. Um, it was like between that and then there's a little strip of woods between that and. Uh, like some short planted pine trees and the deer were just kind of skirting that edge of that. I think they're actually bedding in that marsh and then kind of coming up through that little strip of trees and then through the planted pines and, and then onto a cornfield a little ways away on private. And, um, so just kind of a little funnel where they skirted the edge of this marsh got set up in there. It was really cold and windy. It was like, I don't know, 20 degrees with like a 25 mile an hour north wind. So and, nice and uh, cold. Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was nasty and snowing pretty good. It was something, but um, I knew there was deer in the area, but like it was kind of again one of those setups where it's like really fast getting it set up. You know, just kind of find a tree and that's big enough to support my fat butt and uh get up in it but i like if i was gonna get a shot it's gonna be like two places and both were gonna be like really close like sub 15 yards so i'm sitting there sitting there and it's kind of getting towards last light and i almost thought about getting down early because it was cold because i didn't really dress appropriately um like enough layers underneath but anyway i almost thought about getting down and um, I think I even grabbed my bow to like let it down on the like the rope or whatever. Yep. And I saw a deer coming towards me at like twenty five yards. And convenient. I could tell Yeah. I could tell the buck, you know, I knew I knew exactly what it was right away. Just a little spike, but I was like, screw it, I'm filling my buck tag or my either sex tag, like I don't even care at this point. Like again, like before kinda get worn down and everything and like but I was, like, genuinely excited about it. I was, like, you know, like, my, I was pumped, you know, like. Oh, after um, a hard season, I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. And, like, I just wanted meat in the freezer. Like, I've never been a trophy hunter or anything. Like, um, you know, if it gets my blood pumping, I'm shooting it no matter what it is. But, um, so, yeah, he came in to four yards. And I was not very high in the tree. I was only two, two uh, XOP mini sticks high. So we're talking like eight feet. 
Yeah, that'd um, be it'd be quite the quite the climb with two sticks too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had them stretched out. Yeah. Do you, so, do you use like little uh, what are they call extender sets aiders. or whatever? Aiders. Oh, actually, so I use the um those tethered straps on my sticks, like the um what is that stuff called? Uh, is that really lightweight. Yeah, am steel strap, you know, with the loops on it, like the daisy chain loops or yep. whatever. And I actually, um, I think I might have posted a video or a picture of this. I actually take, um, I started using the two sticks thing uh, middle of the season this year. Mm-hmm. And I actually, if I needed more height, I actually take the, like the closest loop of that strap to the end and I hook that back over my, um, what the heck is it called? The button. Versa button. Versa button on my stick. And it acts as like a little one-step aider. It depends on how big of a tree you're strapped, like you're strapped to, because like that determines the length of strap you have left. Gotcha. But it basically gives you like another six to ten inches of like step. So it works out pretty good. I like, I kind of like that. Um, and the main reason I went to two sticks instead of the four that I was using is just weight and bulk. Like, and I just wanted to try it, like, just to see. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I mean, I can still get, if I really stretch them out, I can still get, like, 10, 10 feet, which is... Plenty. That's decent for, for two for two sticks. That's not bad. I was about to say, I'm using two <laughs> full-size lone wolf sticks with a cableator on the yeah. bottom one. Yep. And I can get, like, 14 feet. Out of two yeah. sticks, dude? Yeah, but they're full size sticks. Right. That's what I have, right? I think these are just a normal lone wolf stick. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. Well, I will say, though, I have to jump to my first one. Well, that's why I have a cableator on the first one. Yeah, mine is like, uh, like the bottom step is like nipple high. Like, I like climb the tree and then climb onto the stick. So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I climb ladders and planks and all sorts of stuff. All day, so. <laughs> Tree's no helps. problem. Right, exactly. So, anyway, uh, yeah, he came walking in like four yards, and I shot him walking, ordering to me a little bit, um, but I wasn't worried about anything, really. Um, shooting... Pretty heavy draw weight and a heavy arrow. And, yeah, zipped through his shoulder blade and out the armpit on the other side. And 90 yards later, he was down. So Nice. Excellent. That was, yeah, just uh, your average whatever, one-and-a-half-year-old spike. But Nice. And you said that was December, too, right? No, that was November. Okay. Okay. Yeah, middle of November. So... Yep. Awesome. I don't know. I just I just had a, some some of his back straps last night and they taste pretty darn good. Heck yeah. Can't beat that. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, but yeah, that's, I don't remember the last time I had venison. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can send you some. <laughs> I'm also on the last night thing. <laughs> What's that? We had, we had back straps for dinner last night too. 
yeah. So, no, sorry, no. Schaefer, not to rub it in. <laughs> I'm like in serious thought now. <laughs> I, think, I think I had some at uh, Etar or yeah. Sawmill. We did you have any of the ones I brought to you? Was it Etar? I brought the the yeah. Brad cooked some. Brad, yeah, I brought some and Brad cooked them up. They were yeah. awesome. They're really good. Nice. I guess I could tell you now. They were two years old at that time. That's fine. Yeah. I might have told you then. I found I found a whole like a whole backstrap I completely forgot about in the back of my freezer. I I don't know how you forget about a backstrap, but I did. And uh, so I found it at Etar, and it was probably like two two and a half years old, and it looked fine. There was no there was no freezer burn. So hey, as long as uh, it's frozen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Game on. It was good. Yep. Yep. We're still here. <laughs> yeah. Not like me and have your freezer go out and then oh, God. Halfway thawed out and then you refreeze it. I know there was uh, a few packages that got not, not freezer burnt, but like you can tell it was thawed and yeah. like Yeah. You get one That's good freeze. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that sucked. That was with the first one I shot. My, uh, I just had a couple, cause like, uh, I had a pretty full freezer from like other stuff and I had a few packages in my like mini fridge in the garage, my beer fridge in the freezer part of it. And my beer fridge went out on me. So oh I, didn't, my God, I didn't sucks. lose it, but like it was close. Like it doesn't taste the same. That's like it's fine. It was like partially thawed, but you can tell it was like refrozen. Bummer. But yeah. Good stuff though. So that was twenty two? Yep, that was it. That was pretty solid. Yep. Heck of a way to bring it back. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun season. So what's what's your plans for this summer? Are you gonna any chance we're gonna get you out of Etar? Probably not, man. Ah, it's like a like a twenty twenty hour drive or something for me. So unless I flew out there, but yeah, yeah, twenty hours. That's we, a day trip. Yeah, right. Yeah, we've done we've done something like that. You've done something oh, yeah. like that. I think the worst I ever did for a road trip was drove out to Western South Dakota, which is like twelve hours. Uh, got some like altitude sickness or something, and it was uh like, or I don't know what I had actually. Hunted for like a day, got like dehydration and like altitude sickness and something, and was like hallucinating and crap. And, oh no! Uh, yeah, it was bad. Uh, puking and just like dying, and drove back that night all night. I don't remember a single second. I remember pulling over on the freeway on whatever the heck freeway is across North Dakota and uh, pulling over at like three in the morning uh, to try and like sleep a little bit because I was like so out of it and it was dangerous and waking (laughs) classic (laughs) waking up to a tow truck behind me tap like the guy was tapping on my window and asking if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm really sick. <laughs> and then, like, that's all I remember. I remember 
that was it. Like that was the whole twelve hour trip. That's all I remember. Dang. So, yeah. So it was like twenty four hours of driving. You know, pretty much back to back. Oh. Or pretty oh. much back to back. Yeah, it was bad. Something Schaefer would do. <laughs> and, oh, and then the dumb thing is, so I had taken, uh, I think, 10 days off of work to do this mule deer trip. Yeah, two days later, I went home. Two days later, I drove back again because <laughs> I didn't want to burn up my time I took off. Freaking feeling better. May as well drive back. Exactly. I didn't even tell my boss that I came back home until <laughs> after I got back after, like, the, the next week. So. Awesome. <laughs> he, he probably would have had me come into work to like after I was I felt better he, he would have been like well you're here so come back to work <laughs> I didn't even oh. tell him <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it right but oh. so you get you have a good amount of local shoots you'll hit this summer and stuff like that you ready oh for, yeah and you'll get out for will you get out for spring gobbler oh yeah oh yeah okay. absolutely cool I, I'm the world's worst turkey hunter, but I wouldn't. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Say, well, we, we might all be fighting for top two. Yeah, I'm, I haven't killed a turkey in, oh, God. I don't know when the last turkey I killed was six years, five years. Oh, you're doing better than me. 2018. I, I it's, it's, it, it, no, it was before that. So I'm like 2016, I think, is the last time I killed a Tom. Well, if you both killed birds, I'm the worst. <laughs> I've missed every bird I've shot at. They are like my... I, I'm cursed when it comes to turkeys. I missed two uh, Miriams out in South Dakota a couple of years ago. I think that was 2021. Uh, I went on one of those PBS membership hunts yep, or whatever. Yep, yeah. Which awesome. Uh, awesome hunt. Saw literally hundreds of turkeys, but... Um, yeah, I blew it. But granted, both of the shots I missed were no blinds, like on the ground spot and stock, or kind of spot and stock. And I just got so rattled up that it was bad. Oh, I had I had one bust me in twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. It was it was cool because a coyote came in. There was two toms and and I was out in the open. I didn't have a, I was just hunting from the ground, trying to be, you know, trying to hide behind a tree, but I didn't do a good job of it. Right. Yeah, I I got to about like three quarter draw and they just they they flew and I I just shot anyway and I shot like right underneath its breast. Right. And that was yeah. It was cool though because I mean the coyote came in with the two toms and basically the coyote had the two turkeys in between he and I, and mm-hmm. and sat there for a few seconds and then he got wind of me and he was gone. It was just it was a really cool hunt. But yeah, that, that's right. that's the last time I shot at a turkey, and that was probably mm-hmm. three years ago. <laughs> I usually yeah, pluck the feathers tough. once a year. It's just it's the best time to be in the woods though, because you're 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 done with winter. Winter's you know by that time you're just sick of it, and it, it's nice to get out and just you know every every I only get out on Saturdays for turkey really, and and every every week it's a little greener, a little more greener, and a little more things are coming a little alive. Less depressing. A little less depressing. It's pretty cool. I, I like turkey yeah. season. It yeah, doesn't I, suck. Yeah. Good time like. When the turkeys aren't gobbling too, I, I like to like poke around for sheds or like scout for yep. deer. Yeah, and they're starting to gobble now here in Pennsylvania. So I mean, it seems like they they start going earlier and earlier every year. But yeah, it's just springs in the air. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah. Still got a couple months. Spring was in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Was. Now it's going to be 14 tomorrow night. Oh, dang. Yeah, it can be cold. Right. Same here. I think there's going to be a cold snap. So, like, I think it's supposed to warm up, like, Tuesday or something. But Yeah, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be like that for long, but whatever. That's cool. Right. Well, sweet, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's uh, I'm just, I'm just cool. You got you got some stuff coming up. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, first 3D shoot is actually the weekend after this coming one. So. Oh, oh nice. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I don't think... My first one's April, I think. Okay. Unless I drive yeah. to Jersey. Oh, okay. Whittingham? No, um, uh, it's Black Knight, Black Knight Bowbenders. They, ah, they, gotcha. they were like right outside the city, kind of. They're about, that's like a two and a half hour drive for me, but I, I went to one a couple of years ago and I've been dying to go to another. Um, so maybe I'll get out to one of those because they do one the end of this month. I think they, I got to look at the schedule. I think there's one next month too. But yeah, it's. I, I want to get out and do some 3D, some more. Likewise, it's, it's fun. Usually, I don't get to go to one till like May. Okay, it's because you're under snow. Well, some years. Some years. Yeah, this one I'm going to next weekend is like I can't remember. I think they call it the snowman shoot or something. It's yeah. Don't it's miss. It's in the snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. I'm shooting white arrows, so. Oh gosh, yeah, the bow bear, the bow or bear bow arrows. Yep, yeah, it was hard to so. get out. <laughs> yep, yeah, shooting those. So, oh, Schaefer, before we get off here. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I know where this is going. <laughs> I feel like this is a. <laughs> what are you doing, cutting up aluminum arrows? <laughs> Uh, I'm putting them to a better use. <laughs> oh man, they're they're bent up though, or too short or something, aren't they? Uh, they're like twenty eight inches, so like Chris could shoot them, but that's about oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you're almost. I mean, that's still a, a chad sin, but it's like. See, this I is the deal. I I can say <laughs> that because the arrows were. They could have been full length, and they would have got hacked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we have an issue, buddy. No, no, I get it. Like, I don't know. I have a weird thing with aluminum arrows. Like, I I really love, I love them. Um, I really like the old camel, like the tree barks and all the old camel patterns that they used to make and stuff. But, yeah. Um, I, I don't mind, like, if it's a bent arrow or an unusable arrow, I, yeah, cut it up. But it's just the fact that there are, like, so few left of, like, the old school aluminums in, like, usable spines and lengths. It's like... Yeah, Sh- it's... Schaefer, Schaefer I, usually takes them out of the plastic and starts cutting them. <laughs> <laughs> just a brand no. new stash of new old stock. New old right. stock or autumn oranges. Dude, the uh, get the pipe cutter out. Oh, that's just <laughs> like I don't even shoot aluminum that often. I don't think he does. Like, I'm just I'm just picking on him. I I I may have cut one new autumn orange. Right. No, it's just like the nostalgia thing. Like I don't even hardly shoot them. Um, 
because I like Cartman's, but like at the same time, they are just it's just like uh it'd be like uh, it'd be like cutting up like Fred Bear's bolo tie or something. Like it's just like Ow. I don't know if yeah. it's that bad. Oh, <laughs> at least I'm putting it to use. But like those three know, just, super slams are gonna foot thirty six arrows. <laughs> oh God. Uh, no, but I don't know. It's just for me. Um, like I, I, it's weird for me to shoot like aluminums out of certain bows. Or, like, wood, like, some bow, am I weird in this? Like, some bows, like, it just feels wrong to shoot certain arrows out of them. I don't know if I've ever felt wrong shooting an arrow, but some bows feel more right shooting other arrows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Right. Like, like an old, uh, like a tall tines or like your silver tip or something, like, yeah, I, I would have no problem shooting carbons out of them, but, like, an aluminum would just feel more right. See, my issue with aluminums is I love them, and then about five yeah. minutes in, I bend one, and then it's usually bent in a way where I'm like, a carbon would have lived through that. Right. And then I shoot carbons again. It, it's like shooting a wood arrow. Like, they're you don't shoot them because they're, like... I. I have an easier time breaking a wood arrow than I do bending an aluminum. Like, just mentally, like, the idea of breaking a wood arrow is more acceptable. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Because you can retaper it and just keep shooting. Well, some of us can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't... I've never really messed with wood, wood arrows too much because, like, I just don't have the... Like, I had Gary Hall make me a set of these beautiful... Um, duck furs when they're all like spliced and everything they're just gorgeous arrows but like just the like keeping them straight and like yeah like making sure they don't get like too much moisture and I've never worried about any of that yeah yeah, it probably doesn't matter because like I've I've shot them from time to time and there's a couple in there that are pretty crooked and they fly just fine you can hand straighten them real quick. I mean, yeah. if I if I if I miss a target and I hit a rock or something, then the arrow doesn't yeah. blow up. Those bent ones just, are just for getting around trees. That's, yeah, exactly. Right. Just, yeah. Or straighten them real quick and be on your way. Mm-hmm. I think that's why that's why I like that. That's probably like part of the attraction. You know what the best thing about woods is the screw the the tips don't come unscrewed. But um, mm-hmm. see that's the, the best and is, worse. I like that part. Um, I just went blank. The, uh, There's, the the tips not coming unscrewed is really well, inconvenient well, when all of a sudden you want to go stumping real quick. <laughs> I just, I like the uh, I like the um, they're not perfect aspect of it. Yeah, like they they aren't perfect, and and there's there's a a certain amount of flexibility you have to have with them, knowing that they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like that part of it. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. it's a natural piece right. of material that that's not going to be always consistent or the same or whatever. See, I'm just so shooting if dinosaurs. Can, if you can, if you can shoot these and do well with them and everything, which I mean, it's not too hard to do that. I think, I think that's that's just a, a more of a, a turn, a, a, an aspect of them I like. Mm-hmm. I, so, I agree. 
I just don't have the, I don't know. Like, someday I will. Someday I would like to shoot them a lot more. But, like, right now I just don't have the time for it. That yeah. they deserve, like, shoot them well and everything. Do it Do it when you can make your own because that's part of the, yeah. that's probably the most fun is just making yeah. your own. It's such a right. it's such a good time. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. No. Well, anything else we need to cover tonight, fellas? We miss anything? There's a, there's always a whole bunch you could talk about. I know. Yeah, we could go. On. We could keep going hours, here. Yeah. I have to work tomorrow, unfortunately. I gotta drive. I gotta drive to Allentown in the morning, which is an hour and forty minutes for me. That's all mm-hmm. I'm looking for. That sucks, and I still gotta get. I gotta get up at like four thirty to get there. It's gonna suck. That's my Friday. My Fridays are supposed to be easy. Well, I think it might be an easy day, but it's just a long drive. Right. So. Hopefully somebody has a good podcast out tomorrow or something I can listen to. Right. <laughs> no pressure, people. Yeah. Right. Maybe, uh, what is that new one that's the traditional bow hunting podcast? Is that what that is? That's uh, what we yeah. hear. You guys see that? We have. Yes, we did. That'll be a good one. A good We're looking time. forward to that one thoroughly. I'm so excited for that one. Yes. Because I know it's going to be, like, knowing the people that are behind it, I know it's going to be very um, informative, nostalgic, and informative. Informative about yeah. history. It should be awesome. It should be really awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited. There's going to be a lot. Of Paul Schaefer, um, like that era of. Yep. It's going to be good. Heck yeah! Good stuff. I'm, good stuff. But yeah. But I think any. I think all we can do is say. Thanks for coming on, Blaine. It was a bit of a yeah, fun yeah. Uh, fun start Definitely. there, but we got it. <laughs> yep, we got it. Hopefully it turns out decent. So I think it'll be fine. It'll be perfect. Talking yeah, bow hunting at the end of the day can only be so bad, wrong. right? Right. It. <laughs> All right, cool. fellas. Thank you so much again, Blaine. And yep. uh where hey, before we before we uh we get off um we're because you, especially you, you, you've gone through a, a few different Instagrams. Where can people find you right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I keep getting new phones, and then uh, I don't know if I'm following the right one. How's that? Because I, I was like, I, I, I haven't. This one hasn't updated in a while. Did, <laughs> did Blaine change again? Uh, no, I haven't changed in a while. But I keep getting new phones, and that like locks me out of my account, and I can't like get back into it. It happens. So. What's what's the active one now? So it's just, uh, I think it's just Blaine underscore Swanson is my Instagram. Been so. run out of names. Okay. I know. I've been through like six. So I think I, I start w- w- when I started following you it was Barefoot Traditional. Yeah. That See, was, that was the that second was, one I followed. Yep. Wait, yep. Was that I the second that, one? Yeah, I think that was the second one I made. Cause that Good was stuff. like, yeah. Anyway, oh, that was the first year. Awesome. Well, again, awesome thank stuff, you. guys. Thanks for coming on. Yep. All right. Thank you for having. Yep. Have a good night, fellas. Absolutely. All right. Great talk to you, fellas. Bye.